I got a physical Bitcoin in the mail. And what's the deal with transaction times plus a special ICO spotlight visit with Wolk.com? Hey, it's like Donnie and Marie variety show, but without talent and sparkly white teeth. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 16 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? Some crypto information. All right, I'm going to get on the phone here and call Crypto Phone. Welcome to Crypto Phone. For Bitcoin, press 1. For Ethereum, press 2. For Litecoin, press 3. You selected Litecoin. What would you like to do? Buy Litecoin, press 1. Sell Litecoin, press 2. What the heck is Litecoin? Press 3. And to HODL, press 4. You've selected HODL. Hold on for dear life. <laughs> hey, Travis, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. That's, you know, that's, a, that's an amazing uh, phone number. If you guys want to reach that, that number is 708-885-9030, I believe. Correct? That's right. That's a great place to get information. Actually, you won't get any information, but you can reach us at that number and you can leave a message, whether it's a question that you have or a compliment or you want to sing us a song or you just want to rant in general. That's uh, Travis Wright over there making the phone calls, and I am Joel Kahn. We welcome you to this episode 16 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. We're so glad you're here. That's correct. We're woke like an Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get into that. We are going to have an ICO spotlight here in today's show and a Bad Crypto Extra. You're going to be able to go over to our YouTube channel and our Facebook page and see an extended interview with the folks from woke.com. But uh, first, just want to thank everybody because it's time to celebrate crypto. Come on. Why are we celebrating today? My, my, my. This is a momentous occasion. We don't like to toot our horns too much. We toot yeah, our we horns do. a little. We like we like to toot our own horns. like crazy. I'm tooting. We are tooting. There's so much tooting From all that neo gas, we're tooting. It's horns. a rootin' tootin' good time. That's correct. We have just, we have just passed our 100,000th download of the bad crypto podcast you guys 100,000 in like yeah. five weeks yeah that's I, I i'm rarely speechless but for just a second let's be speechless Okay, that's all the speechlessness we could do. Thank you for listening, and we continue to give away bad coin to celebrate the success of this show, and we can cut it off at any time. We're not going to tell you when it cuts off, so if you haven't gotten your free bad coin yet, we have distributed 35 million of them in our initial coin giveaway. It's not really a coin, though. It's a token. It should be an ITG, an initial token giveaway, not an initial coin giveaway. That's correct. It's a token asset that is, you know, basically just a token. By the way, in the last show, you said we gave away like 
thirty-two million dollars in bad coin. I'm like, and I listened to it. I'm like, no, we gave away thirty-two million bad coins, which equals, you know, nothing, That's pretty correct. much zero dollars worth. Thirty-two million distributed. Very good. And we appreciate the reviews. Again, we are still giving away a hundred thousand bad coin for a review. Both of these are in the show notes. Uh, and if you want to find out how to do it, go to badco.in forward slash zero one two was the initial. Um, but you'll link it up in the show notes as well, right? We like to link things up. It makes it easy for our fine folks to uh, to follow along. And that is badcryptopodcast.com. And we're noticing some substantial amounts of traffic actually going to the site organically. So that's great. So people are finding valuable use of that. Uh, if you have any time, if you have any questions about that, you know, you can reach out to us. There's a contact us uh, button there that you can just reach us, uh, ask some questions that way. And uh, you can, we got a search bar so you can, we've tagged everything pretty effectively. So any of those previously 15 episodes. Yeah. Yep. Come on in partner and step up to the search bar. It's not the genius bar. That's for sure. Um, and speaking of questions, let's jump into that segment. So it does take longer for some currency to transact than others, especially when you're dealing with something like Bitcoin. Why is that? So, you know, those those uh, transactions have to reach consensus within the network. And that's a big, mighty fine, big word there, consensus. Uh, <laughs> consensus. <laughs> then there's a fancy word. Then there's one of them $3 words, um, or as we like to say, point zero 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 one of a Bitcoin. But... Um, uh, the, the reason is, is those, the miners on the network, they have to first include your transaction into the block for it to be verified, right? And then once it gets in the block, then it has to get what, five or six people, various different people to six. six. I think six is the minimum consensus for Bitcoin, but there's a different number for each of the different tokens and currencies mm -hmm. but six is, six is what you're looking for with uh, bitcoin i think it's something like uh, and i'm guessing here but i want to say it's at least 12 for ethereum right and so keep in mind you know different coins have different purposes so you know bitcoin originally was is sort of built like gold and it's a store of wealth other currencies are built like currencies and they transact very very fast like we had lumens the episode where we gave away stellar lumens and that that one goes really fast ripple goes yeah. really fast dogecoin goes really fast and yeah. conversely litecoin goes faster than bitcoin bitcoin is in my estimation at least from personal experience the slowest of them at this point. It is. It's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. You know, the uh, Bitcoin is kind of like the tortoise, but it's winning the race. So, the, you know, there's the moral of the story again. Slow and steady wins the race, but it's not the best for fast transactions. And attached to this are the transaction fees. Uh, since Bitcoin is so far into mining, it um, it gets more expensive for the miners to mine them. And that's why the transaction fees are higher. That's correct. And as more Bitcoin gets mined, more transactions are going to, to have transaction fees. Back in the day, transacting was free. That's no longer the case on Bitcoin. There's still a small little transaction fee uh, depending. But here's the thing. If you're using your credit card or your debit card, those banks, they're taking 2 two to 3% sometimes from the merchants whenever you're buying stuff. So there are existing fees that happen when you're transacting, just not as much on 
on the cryptocurrency. And in some of them, you know, like BitShares, it's just like a tiny fraction of an amount. Like it's like a half. It's like, what is it, about a tw- 0.2 of a, of a, Actually, of a BitShare? Actually, um, I can tell you exactly what it is. For those of you that are requesting free bad coin from us, that actually costs us. Every time we send bad coin out, there's a fee. And the fee for us is point two three seven bit shares now bit shares is currently at 12 cents a bit share so if i multiply that on my newfangled uh, texas instrument desktop calculator that's 0.028 so it costs us almost three cents to send you worthless currency <laughs> that's true so uh we just want to give you our two to three cents you know worth uh, our opinion Every and that's time. all it's worth. That's Thanks for worth. the question. We love your questions. Send them via email to badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. Send them to the voicemail. Our operators are always standing by at 708-885-9030 or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash badcrypto or wherever you can find us. Uh, sometimes we're hiding you know, under a rock counting our coins. We find that list- I mean, a lot of times the, the voicemail's really solid because then you get a chance to be on the episode, which is great yeah. because we're only getting, what, maybe – between five to ten per week maybe at the most so you know go ahead and step up and give us a call we're getting lots of uh contact uh, on the contact form on our website and we're getting a ton of questions on facebook uh, our facebook page but facebook kind of makes that hard to find so we actually just discovered a whole bunch of questions over there that that we hadn't covered yet so looky there clem oh, question it's like 30 something 40 50 80, 80 know, right? questions up on our all right should we do the news let's do the news to the news and in this corner weighing in at whatever he's weighing in at joel calm and in that corner weighing in at a little bit more than whatever joel weighs travis wright and did you watch the fight man of course you did we did we watched the fight um pretty interesting to watch a dude from mma uh, versus uh, one of the best boxers of all time, and they they had a pretty interesting fight. They they hung in there. They hung in there for quite a while, ten rounds. Yeah, of course, uh, we're dating this episode, recording it on the uh, evening of the twenty seventh of August. Last night, August twenty sixth, was the much ballyhooed and overhyped uh, Floyd Mayweather and Colin McGregor. Uh, fight harkening back to last week's episode featuring what were their names sean and uh sean and alistair yeah (laughs) alistair was was embarrassing listening alistair was rooting for uh for his homeboy (laughs) and of course uh homeboy i was disappointed i mean nobody took a knee you know you wanted to see somebody hit the mat once Right, and once, and they stop. Was, I mean, because I've seen some MMA fights with McGregor, and that dude has taken some poundings and come back and still won. And for them to just to call the fight off when they're making to collectively, the the purse was half a billion dollars, and they're like, oh, yeah. well, we're protecting them from brain damage. Well, look, they're getting in the ring, beating each other up for half a billion dollars. At least, if you're hurting, take a knee, right? <laughs> yeah, I was right. upset. We had all these well, people on my Facebook though going, now you just don't understand the boxings. Like, okay. <laughs> Well, there's actually a connection. We're not just jumping on the boxing bandwagon because everybody's talking about it. There is a crypto connection. And some of you might not know that Floyd Money Mayweather has actually been out there talking and backing ICOs. I I think he just did his second 
he, he was supporting a new one here just recently. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, so he had on August 2nd, he had a, actually on uh, July 27th, he had a um, post on Instagram where he talked about the stocks, S-T-O-X-I-C-O. And so uh, that thing has got almost 700,000 likes. That's pretty huge. And then a couple days before the fight, looks like four days ago, uh, he says, you can call me Floyd Crypto Mayweather from now on, Hubi.network. ICO starts tomorrow. Smart contracts for sports. So yeah. sports, sports was, I don't even know what it does. Something probably, am I guess, around betting for sports? Yeah, I would guess so. And obviously he's, you know, is, is anybody um, who's going to promote, he's getting some coins or tokens to be a spokesperson. So, uh, you know, whatever the 400 million or whatever he earned yesterday isn't enough. He, uh, he needs some, he needs a little crypto in his life and I can't blame him. I mean, it's a lot of fun. And so uh, the good news here is that the mainstream is starting to hear about cryptocurrency. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the Hubi.network page right now. So Hubi. Hubi. It says here, it says a blockchain-based decentralized content marketplace. So that doesn't sound sports-related at all. I'd have to take a look at that. But yeah, so obviously the main the mainstream is hearing more about it. As we mentioned in last episode, uh, there is even a documentary on Netflix right now about, uh, it's called Banking on Bitcoin, and that was a great show. I really, really enjoyed that. You get to see the, uh, the origins of Bitcoin, and you're going to watch it, and you're going to kick yourself in the ass, like, oh my God, how did I not hear about this and do something about this then? Oh my God. I, I was looking at some silver of mine, Joel, and I have, this, I have these three five-ounce coins and this 10-ounce coin that I got in 2011, and it was near December. And so I looked on that. If I had instead... With those 25 ounces of silver at the time when the price was around $40 an ounce of silver, if I had instead taken that and bought Bitcoin at $2 a coin, dude, that would be worth about $2.5 million right now. And I'm literally looking at these coins that have decreased in value (laughs) by over half. So it's like one of those moments in life where you're going, oh, my God, Marty, get the time machine. (laughs) As the old saying goes, if its and buts were candy and nuts, it would be Christmas every day. It's painful, though. It's painful. Well, I mean, nobody's got the time machine. And so uh, it just is what it is. But, you know, when we take it the market right now, the reason we started out with you selecting Litecoin is because Litecoin has hit some new highs. In fact, as of right this minute on Coinbase, Litecoin is at $61.87 after rallying to a high of, I want to say, just around $65, which is up um, $9 in one day and $15 in a week. So That's so rare. That doesn't normally happen with Litecoin. Litecoin is sort of this stable... You know, easy go, easy does it. You know, everything else is moving in the market. It normally is staying right around the same thing. Now, I'm looking at the Litecoin markets on Coin Market Cap, and I can see that a lot of this is being driven by Korea and Chinese uh, Litecoin markets. And did you hmm. have an idea of why this may be happening? Well, you know, here's what I think. My philosophy is that, uh, and I didn't expect it to be there, so maybe this shoots my philosophy all to heck, but I look at Coinbase, which is the most popular 
uh, exchange for coins. And there's only three currencies you can buy on Coinbase, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. And I think, you know, there's a lot of new people who are coming to cryptocurrency and they're going, man, one Bitcoin is $4,300 and this Ethereum thing is 347 But look, this Litecoin, you know, is only 50 or 55 or 60 and And they don't think in terms of buying fragments of a coin. They think of buying a coin. And so I think, and also when you see the others that have gone on their run and Litecoin, um, you know, has not had this wild ride, I think people might think, hey, maybe this one's due. Uh, so, you know, that's not really deep analysis. It's really surface. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm going to lock that in as my final answer. That's your final answer. And yep. also, if you are thinking about, you know, jumping into this whole crypto game, you can go to uh, badco.in forward slash Coinbase. And, uh, free crypto, baby. Free crypto. They give you $10 worth of Bitcoin when you purchase $100 worth of Bitcoin or any of the other uh, cryptos on their platform. And when that happens, we also get $10. So that's a good, that's a win-win deal. It uh, is a total win-win deal. It's, it lots of people are doing that too. It's, it's a great right. way to get introduced and, and everybody wins Bitcoin. Just make sure to transfer that off of that exchange onto a wallet after that clears. But I want to give you my final answer because okay. there's an article on Bitcoin Bitcoin.com that talks about the Lightning Network uh, launching the third release uh, featuring Bitcoin and Litecoin atomic swaps, meaning in real time you'll be able to switch, um, you know, bad uh, bad coin, Bitcoin with Litecoin. That's what an atomic swap is. Atomic swap. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. mind. Thanks for that. That was beautiful what you just did right there. That was that that just touched the cockles. You know what I'm saying? I'm just you know I'm just talking about funkadelic parliament. It warmed the cockles of my heart, and my heart did not even know that there were cockles. This is a PG show. We don't want to hear about your cockles. Hey, cockles are a real thing. You have to go look it up, though, if you want to. We, we might link cockles of the heart in the show notes. Uh, finally, as we finish up the news, this is not really a news story per se, but it is news for me. I actually have a physical Bitcoin in my hands. I am going to clink it. <laughs> you again. can tell that it is not any metal <laughs> of any value just by that disgusting clink. I clinked it against a real one ounce silver. It's, 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 it looks like gold, and there's a picture of it um, in the show notes of me holding it, and it's, it's B for beautiful. It's this gorgeous looking Bitcoin, and um, I paid $12 for it, knowing full that is well. Almost the price. That is almost what you can do for an ounce of silver. Yeah, knowing full well that um, this is not a real Bitcoin, and and I bought it on eBay, and we're going to link in the show notes for you. Um, there are people that are selling real Bitcoin on eBay, and there are people selling these uh, commemorative gold plated. They're not really gold plated. It's not real gold. It's all. It's it's every bit of fakeness but it feels you know like an ounce it's an ounce of can you clink it again i want to hear the difference i want to hear your clink and then i'm going to clink what silver sounds like okay here comes my clink all right and here's silver (laughs) yeah yeah not even so (laughs) if you follow the link in the show notes to ebay you can see that there are people that are selling fractional amounts of bitcoin directly to your wallet. Now, I don't understand why 
somebody would buy Bitcoin that way because odds are you're going to pay a premium for that. But if you do want to have um, one of these little fakey ones, they're kind of fun. Now, I actually do see um, there are there actually is a physical Bitcoin device that is a coin that was made in limited edition that actually does contain currency. Uh, and there's one that I'm seeing right now. It says sparkling cacaceous silver MS68 loaded Bitcoin, and it's selling for $9,000. Uh, I would imagine it's not worth that, but maybe there's a collectible market for these limited edition coins that were made. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you're looking at some of them and like, here's a Bitcoin paper wallet with 0.001 Bitcoin. This one right here seems weird to me. Why would it say it's it's one-tenth of a Bitcoin, fast delivery to your Bitcoin wallet, and it's $200, so it's actually half the price of a regular Bitcoin. That just reeks of scam to me. Or somebody's clearly yeah. So clueless. you know what? Weird. Just just realize that it might not be the safest place to buy Bitcoin on eBay. But if you want one of these little tokens, it was totally worth it for me to have this. I keep it on my desk. Mm -hmm. It reminds me uh, of the fun I'm having learning about cryptocurrency and how much fun Travis and I are having sharing it with you. It's a great place to buy silver or gold, though. I bought a ton of gold and silver there over the years. I haven't in a long time just because the price has been depressingly low. Basically, all the silver that I bought, I lost about half my, half the money on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> everybody hug Travis, Aww. and let's go to our featured segment for the show. So what's shaking, people? It's time for our featured ICO of the week, and as uh, as you know, this is a sponsored segment, and Travis and I have vetted the company and the people that we're bringing to you, but we wanted to let you know in full disclosure, because we promise full transparency to you at all times, that we are being compensated for this piece. Um, it's going to get pretty technical in here, and it's going to stretch you a little bit, especially if you're new. So open your ears extra wide, listen in as we welcome today's guest. And we have with us today Mr. Surab Nayogi, who is the CEO of Woke.com. I, I almost want to say woke, like I got woke, but it's W-O-L-K. And we're going to learn from him today about their upcoming ICO. And for those of you in the future, we see you already, and it will already have happened. And perhaps you'll be able to find the Woke token on the exchanges. Hi, hey, Surab, how you doing? All right. How are you? Excellent. We're, we're really glad to have you. Why don't you just tell us a little summary Reader's Digest version about yourself and your history? Got it. Um, so we've been working in the mobile advertising space for, uh, for many years. So I'm kind of an ad tech and a data junkie uh, guy for about 20 years. And so I uh, previously ran cross-channel a uh, mobile DSP. So a lot of the mobile apps that you guys, uh, uh, if you see any games, uh, we had a long history of uh, you know getting data about device IDs and trying to understand how to target ads um, to the right people uh, in mobile advertising, um, and we basically uh, don't. The bottom line is that Facebook and Google um, have a ton of data, and uh, whereas mobile DSPs and generally digital marketers uh, don't know a lot of information. Um, so that's why, if you ask, you know, why am I not seeing more uh, quality advertising in my when I play mobile games? 
is because Facebook and Google have basically gotten really great uh, data about everybody, and it leaves a lot of other folks in the uh, mobile advertising ecosystem in the dust. So over, the, over many years of working in mobile advertising, we recognized that data was really important for us to, uh, to do well. And um, uh, we basically incubated uh, Wolk as a concept um, and, and have a separate company, Wolk, uh, with many of the original folks from Cross Channel um, working with us. Very cool. Very cool. I love that. So, you know, as, as we mentioned a little bit before the show, you know, I am a marketing technologist and I have an advertising agency here in Kansas City. And so I deal with a lot of, you know, paid search, paid social ads, display ads, all the you know, mobile ads as well. And there's been a big problem uh, with, um, you know, fraudulent ad clicks and then inventory problems and then not, you know, not having a lot of uh, trust in the ad networks. Now, I also do a podcast with VentureBeat, and we interviewed some folks from Tune, and they had, they, had, they had a great report where they had ran, and they said over 700 ad networks that they had done analysis on, only 35 of them had no fraud. Eight of them had 100% fraud, and over 50% of them had a, a majority fraud. That is not good. So that's a, so that's a big problem in the advertising space, right? And so uh, having said that, and you're talking about how Woke is going to help solve uh, mobile, mobile, mobile attribution and maybe some of the other things within, within uh, mobile advertising, how does this happen and, and what exactly is Woke? Yes. Um, so we're basically running a decentralized data exchange. Um, so in mobile advertising, uh, there's mobile device IDs. Uh, in email, there's emails and phone numbers. Um, so every, these are the core uh, identifiers where our data exchange is going to be focused on. So if you're a data supplier uh, and you know something about mobile device ID X or email or phone number and in the future other ID spaces, you can onboard that data onto our platform uh, and earn Wolk uh, when some data buyer uh, actually wants to get information about uh, some ID. Um, so I am Saurabh Nayogi. I have Saurabh.Nayogi at, you know, Gmail and so forth. I'm 45 male. These basic bits um, are enormously informative to, uh, to the advertising uh, community. So they can target and say, if I have products relevant to this age, this gender, um, or the people who use this apps, these apps or have done in-app purchases. Um, so what, 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 what uh, data buyers do is they use our API um, so they say, hey, um, this, uh, I want to know something more about this device ID, email, um, or phone number. I would like to bid uh, on this age or gender bit or get, you know, find out what apps they use. Um, and then if they do that, they can do it hundreds of millions of times a day for IDs that they just saw yesterday. Uh, and they can basically buy pieces of data that they can then use in their, um, in their targeting systems. Um, so there, it, you can use it for mobile advertising, like us as a DSP buying uh, ad network, same same use case. But you could also have personalized emails. Say, okay, well, if I, you know, here's a new email they just registered on my um, site. Who are who are they? What are they interested in? Um, our data exchange facilitates that those core interactions. So uh, we don't so attack fraud, fraud per se, but um, generally, if you have better information mm -hmm. uh, about the users that you're trying to target, um, instead of everybody, you know carpet bombing everybody uh, as in, in many um, uh, sort of untargeted campaigns, you can get down to that uh, laser precision that many people have gotten used to when they uh, 
use Google or Facebook. So a lot of so a lot of listeners, listeners are kind are of new kind to the uh, blockchain and crypto space, and I'm wondering if you can break down down really easy to understand language for them. How big the market for advertising is, and why you feel it's important to put this on the blockchain? Uh, yeah, I would say hold on a second because I'm hearing some feedback through some Rob's mic. So whenever somebody's talking, it's coming through your speaker. Okay. Um, I, they're, they're, uh, first of all, I'm, in, I'm on Third Avenue here, so we had a lot of uh, car, cars here. No, it's so, not that. It's when Joel was talking, it's coming through your end. Oh, okay. Do you have some earbuds maybe or something you can Okay, I'll um, test, test. I'll reduce it here. If you need it, I'll get a, a separate mic. Um, so the uh, so what what question? Sorry, do you want to ask so, that question again, Joel? Let, let me just run a test again on the audio, and if we need, I'll just edit right here. It sounds like it's better right now. So the question was, um, how big is the advertising marketplace? Because sure. people who are thinking, yeah, so Facebook investing. and Google are basically. Wait, the, let, let me let you start that because I'm going to have a hard stop there, and I don't want to be speaking over you. Okay. Uh, so Facebook and Google are, are basically are the top guys in mobile advertising. Um, so all the revenue that you see from Facebook basically is uh, is all advertising oriented, pretty much, and for Google likewise. And basically, the world um, has shifted from their desktop onto mobile. So a lot of people just start with their um, searches on mobile and sort of finish on their desktop. So pretty much whatever the vast majority of Facebook and Google's revenue is advertising based. And the joke in the mobile advertising industry is that eleven out of Ten dollars uh, in the mobile advertising is made by uh, Facebook and Google, so it's on the order of Facebook and Google. How so many billions are we talking about? To put it in a, a number. How many? How much billions in advertising revenue? Uh, it's twenty to forty billion dollars, depending on how you size it up uh, a year. Uh, and for us, there's email marketing and uh, phone directories, and those are just our starting spaces. Um, it's just that they're very tightly correlated in mobile. So the follow-up question is, is why tokenize this? Why blockchain um, advertising data exchange? Right. Uh, so we basically looked at the existing ways for um, mobile uh, companies to monetize their data. Um, so they have an advertising revenue stream. Some, of, some gaming companies make in-app purchases. Um, and then, but very few people are making, uh, making a lot of revenue with data. So there's the existing ways people monetize data are is are you know pretty pretty weak, and there's there's an impression based business model that just doesn't add up relative to the advertising revenue. So we basically said, why don't we combine the cryptocurrency business model with data so that seller data suppliers can make um, a significantly more amount of money uh, when they have quality deterministic data. So if you have use if so our data suppliers who have a million uh, daily, uh, daily actives or, million, or even a, ten, a million monthly actives, if they have significant uh, information about consumers that are um, usable for data buyers, uh, they can earn Wolk instead of dollars. And um, just like the Wolk token contributors, um, they, along with the Wolk token contributors, can see price appreciation whenever the data buyers access, uh, access their data, basically. Let me ask so you this. Okay. Fundamentally, are inventing new ways of data monetization mm -hmm. and allowing the community to to earn alongside the data suppliers. 
No, that's great. Let me ask you this here because I think this is going to be confusing to some of our listeners because they're interested in crypto. They may not be interested in advertising or they may not know what a DSP is or an Mm -hmm. SSP or an ad exchange and how that ecosystem works. So is there maybe a sort of a a, a 1,000 foot level of, you know, to to explain that to folks? I understand it. Joel understands it. Basically, everybody uh, the, the bottom line is that everybody needs a directory. Somebody walks into your website. Somebody shows up in your advertising universe. Uh, somebody just called you, and it's an ID. You know, uh, what is what do we know about this ID? Our data exchange answers mm-hmm. that question. So somebody has a mobile uh, phone. It has an ID, a unique ID attached to this phone that nobody else has. That ID. So if that ID shows up on your website, your data exchange will know that this ID has certain attributes attached to it. That's right. So like Facebook knows seemingly everything about us, right? Because of what we post, what we like, what we don't like, who we follow, who we unfollow. Um, and what I hear you saying is by putting it on blockchain and tying it back to individual user ID, you'll actually have access to even more specific data than, than Facebook or Google would have. Is that accurate? We're starting, uh, we're starting with uh, very generic bits of information like age, gender, uh, and the other IDs. So if, this, if you know, the, this device ID is attached to these emails, these emails are attached to those phone numbers. So there's a core group of IDs that if you ask, you know, what are the other IDs I know? So there's kind of that. And then there's these sort of what apps do I use? Do I make any in-app purchases? So we're starting some core bits which are immediately uh, actionable uh, and sort of used by everybody. Um, and then the next level is sort of what are you interested in? Are you in the market for uh, certain kinds of things, which um, are uh, are closer to what Google has than sort of what? Yeah, to, has. to kind of bring it home for people that are listening, you know, you, we keep hearing about big data, big data, and how big data is big money, and and you know what we discovered in Wolk is these guys are really one of the first to, if not the first, to tackle big data uh, from a, a, a B to C. Um, a methodology. Is there is there any competition out there for you right now, Surab? Um, so there's a lot of places where um, advertisers can get information. So you know the idea <laughs> we're not the first person to provide information about it, but the way we're doing it is uh, connecting it to cryptocurrency with the Wolf token, so that data monetization can work uh, much better for data suppliers and for data buyers to work with an API. Um, to access in a really scalable way uh, in the um, uh, in the in the backend storage that we're we're using. So we're combining a decentralized backend storage with a decentralized virtual currency to um, to make it the economics work for everybody in a in a way that makes uh, makes sense for data buyers and data okay. sellers. So I mean, yeah, there are some you know there are other DSPs out there, right? You know, Critio, AdRoll. There's a, there's a few other ones out there, but this is the only one that's really utilizing blockchain and cryptocurrency. What I want to know is, you know, who's who is earning the tokens? Are the are, are the brands who are asking for the data? Do they have to pay you guys in woke? So they got to go to an exchange to buy woke to be able to access this data or, and, and how do people actually use the token? Yeah, so right now uh, we accept things in USD from data buyers. Uh, after the token generation event, um, the data buyers will basically put in Ethereum and get Wolf tokens. And when the data buyers use the Wolf tokens, uh, they use their API and bid in their local currency. So they say, hey, I wanna bid on this ID 
uh, I want to bid uh, one dollar uh, per thousand data points um, in dollars, but they're actually going to use up a small portion of their wolk. Okay, so when they get data back, they're actually using up a portion of their wolk. So let's say you had a uh, hundred wolk being used up by um, a specific data buyer's calls for a given day. Um, the data suppliers get like seventy-five to eighty of the wolk that the, that data buyer use uh, sort of consumes. We as intermediary charge a um, uh, 15 wolk fee, and then there's five wolk that gets burnt up on average, uh, and then that sort of allows the wolk token to appreciate uh, so that the entire community can be uh, rewarded for um, the data buyer consuming these data bits. So in the big picture, the the, uh, wolk gets um, purchased by the data buyers, and then transmitted to the data suppliers, and then the community of Wolf token holders um, see the benefits. See, of that. I think that, and we hope this, that suppliers hold that. This might that. be blowing some minds because you folks are beginning to see how blockchain can be used for just so thousands of different applications. And and as we uncover these and bring them to you, um, I think not only is it going to open your mind to what's possible for you to use yourself on the blockchain where you benefit, what utility you're going to get, but also uh, where you might choose to invest. And of course, we're not making any recommendations here. This is purely for your entertainment purposes. We're not financial advisors. And we recommend that you do your own due diligence. Uh, Fortunately, sites like Wolk.com have plenty of information for you to do the research. If you go to WOLK.com, you can see all about them, who their team is made of. Um, They've got their white papers here on the site for you to do your research. And they've got a token event that is starting on September the 10th and running until October 9th. So Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about that event? Yeah. So we have uh, people registering um, from September 10th through September 18th uh, as to prepare for the token generation event, which starts on September 18th. Uh, We're raising uh, 50,000 F um, at a minimum um, and going all the way up to 400,000 F. It's a very uh, high target. Um, that allows us to really build out the ecosystem of suppliers um, who have a lot of data that really makes this this data uh, exchange work. Um, so the you know the the mechanics of the video, uh, mechanics of how to participate, um, it's a KYC process. So people have to register um, with us in that first week, um, and and then they can KYC? basically like what does explain that? Oh, uh, it's a know your customers. So basically, you have to. Uh, uh, provide a few bits of information, your name and your address and um, your basic identification information. And that allows us to be a U.S.-based um, token generation event. Um, we are technically, uh, the world token is not technically a security. It's a utility token. Um, but for prudency and for FinCEN requirements and regulatory uh, reasons, uh, we, have a, we, we ask that people register themselves uh, in this regulatory landscape of the U.S. Beautiful. So, but anybody in the world. Anybody in the world. So so that whole process of knowing your customer, having them sign up in a sign-up date prior to uh, the token generation event, that, that's what helps us uh, stay above board with the SEC? Uh, our legal folks have uh, done an analysis on the Wolk token and its API-type properties, 
and um, they've gone through the Howey test and and uh, all the various prongs on that. And then they say, well, the Wolf token is not a security um, and it doesn't require accredited investors. Uh, but we do uh, offer on our website a all the risks and disclosures, uh, and, and it's fully described in this uh, purchase agreement that uh, people can review when they register with us starting September 10th. Oh, that's great. I have a question around the, I'm, I'm always curious about the token economics and how you determine how many uh, Ethereum that you are trading in for woke tokens for, you know, is, does this change over time? Like some that we've talked to is like, oh, the first week it's going to be this amount. You get X amount of, uh, of uh, this token for this many Ethereum. The second week is a little bit different. The third week you get a little bit less. And so how did you guys determine what that the token economics are and what are the token economics? Like if, if somebody wanted to go there and, and be a part of this, how many woke do they get for their Ethereum? Yeah, so during the uh, primary token, uh, token generation event, it's uh, 1,000 WOLK per Ether. So if you send one Ether into the, uh, the WOLK token contract, you will get 1,000 WOLK. Uh, we have adopted, again, our goal was to have great monetization for uh, the contributors as well as the data suppliers. Um, we have adopted the Bancor formula and we have a, the use of this purchase Wolk and sell Wolk um, functions embedded within our uh, Wolk token contract. And so that means even after the token generation event, um, you can send an Ether and get back Wolk. And you can also say, I'm going to sell my Wolk and get back um, Ether. The way it's technically implemented is that it's ha- there's a reserve balance inside the um, smart token contract. It's similar to how Bancor works, and we have the same kind of formulaic. Uh, we do, basically uh, adapted their uh, Bancor formula for our Wolk token. Um, so it means that everybody can always have liquidity um, by interacting with the smart contracts. So it's really valuable. And, and, In terms of the whole picture of economics, yes? I'm just wondering where uh, have you spoken with any exchanges yet about where people will be able to uh, buy and sell after the event? Um, so I think we're, we're, we have a pretty high target for our um, token generation event. So we expect that uh, most folks who get to 100,000 Ether or uh, more automatically get listed on the other exchanges. But because this sell Vulcan purchase Vulcan will be part of the smart contract itself, you don't need to have liquidity on the exchanges. You simply interact with the uh, contract themselves. So if purchase Vulcan is contract, if people call purchase Vulcan, uh, the price kind of goes up. And if people sell Wolk, uh, the price goes down and it's completely automatic and it doesn't require a third-party exchange. Understood. It's a, it's a that, that's, a, that's a different kind of solution. Uh, Surab Nayogi, CEO of Wolk.com. And Surab, where do you uh, prefer people reach out to you about the ICO, about the token, or anything about your business model? Sure. Um, so you can email us at tokensale at Wolk.com. And I'm Surab at Wolk.com. Uh, comment if you want to reach out to me individually. And then our whole team was uh, ready to support everyone uh, throughout the month of September. 
Fantastic. Well, we're going to conclude the interview for our podcast listeners, but those of you who want to see some of the screen sharing, the interview is going to continue in our Bad Crypto Extra. So go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bad crypto, like us and look for the whole video and you can see our faces and uh, meet Sarab face to face that way and, and see some of the extra we're going to show you or go to our YouTube channel. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. As I said earlier, and will continue to repeatify, we're having a blast doing this. And the fact that y'all out there are enjoying it as well, and more of you crypto chicks are standing up and posting and saying hello to us. So we appreciate that too, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. I saw a few shout-outs on the Twitters the other day. Uh, crypto Chicks and Bitcoin Babes, they're popping up all over. This is a beautiful thing. Maybe we need to have our own you know, little uh, squad of uh, bad crypto, crypto this chicks. This is how we roll. We or just the bad crypto chicks. I, you know what? Hey, if you're a bad crypto chick, call us at 708-885-9030 and say whatever you want, but make sure you include stay bad in there and we will let um, one of you finish the show. And we will send you 100,000 bad coin. And absolutely, let's keep that going. Let's keep that review thing going because we got 100,000 downloads. So we need to have a, a bad coin party going on. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll, give, we'll throw bad coin at you guys until we're done doing it. So until next time, stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.